0: 64% of Americans think the January 6th attack on the Capitol is planned, reports a Quinnipiac poll. 57% of Republicans think of January 6th as an act of patriotism, while 88% of Democrats label it an insurrection. Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer joins us as America marks the 246-year birth of our great nation. Now, uh, then Supreme Court rules Biden can end the, the Remain in Mexico policy. And then they have an interest in ruling on the Supreme Court EPA, you see. And uh, what are the biggest concerns to Americans coming into the midterm elections? We'll have an extended interview with Congressman Byron Donalds that is not to be missed. An informative and powerful viewpoint this Sunday is next.
1: the bias, the lies, and deceit, and bring forth real talk from real people about real news, providing the out loud truth and capturing the essence of a new generation, all in a fast-paced hour.
0: This is Viewpoint This Sunday. Welcome to the weekend news magazine, Viewpoint This Sunday. This is Malcolm Alba. Well, 246 years, my fellow Americans, into the American experiment. Wow, 246 years and coming up on the big two five zero Uh, and uh, it seems to most Americans we've hit a few speed bumps along the way here and perhaps a few hurdles to cross over. Boy, these are crazy times, I have to tell you that. What a full-packed program we have of information here today. And and happy Independence Day to all here. And uh, and also all our friends around the globe, welcome in here. It's good to have you. Join us up top of the program. Just thrilled always to have on here Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer joins me. He's the president of the London Center for Policy Research. He is a CIA-trained intelligence operations officer over 35 years of experience in global and national security. Uh, well, my fellow American, Mr. Tony, uh, happy Independence Day, sir.
1: Malcolm, always great to join you. Thank you for having me, and and uh, happy Independence Day to you as well.
0: Absolutely, it's one of the days I look forward to as a patriot in our nation. But uh, all right, let's do some talk here and. Uh, so most Republicans are thinking that January 6th uh, was an act of patriotism, is, is what, what I have here at 57%, uh, while 88% of Democrats label it an insurrection. <laughs> There's yeah. a, few, a little bit of disparity with those numbers, Tony. But uh, so talk to me on that, that, that uh, 57 versus the 88. Was it an act of patriotism or was it an insurrection?
1: I was there on the 6th, I was there at the speech the president gave near the Ellipse. I was over by the Washington Monument and the environment that day, Malcolm, was one of uh, kind of a carnival atmosphere. Uh, there was no guns. I mean, this is one of those things, it's kind of the more I see the fiction of different things said, the more I just scratch my head. There was no ARs, there was no animosity. It was very much a positive uh, environment where a lot of people were enjoying uh, just being out and hearing the president speak. And then to, you know, what happened at the Capitol happened at the Capitol. I still believe that there were decisions made by the leaders of the Democrat Party that resulted in the uh, the quote unquote insurrection. It wasn't an insurrection so much as a as um, I think a purposeful. Uh, false flag in that President Trump had offered up uh, significant National Guard resources. I think he had uh, put in a request for 20,000 National Guard troops to be stationed at the Capitol just to prevent any sort of of riot. And uh, two people prevented that. Uh, One, uh, Mayor Muriel Bowser, uh, the mayor of D.C., and uh, Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi. So, the moment that that is accepted as a baseline fact, which I, I don't know how anybody wouldn't accept this since that's what happened, all bets are off relating to the Capitol being sieged, just that and the other, and plus Malcolm, there were an additional response resources located at the Ford office building. Ford, for those who don't know Congress in detail, Ford, there's a number of office house office buildings. Uh, uh, they're right next to the Capitol. There's one called the Ford Office Building, which is actually a little bit off uh, the beaten path. it's It's about, uh, I don't know, about a quarter mile away. It's not right next to the Capitol. And in the Ford office House Office building, there were additional DoD units which were set there to be to be potentially respond to any sort of threat. Mm-hmm. And the fact is, Malcolm, they were never used. Uh, they were stood down. The question becomes, why would you do that if you really wanted to stop the riots? I would argue they didn't want to stop the riots. They wanted to prompt this. So therefore, everything I listened coming out of the so-called capital riots without adequate exploration of all facts impacting that day, I just ignore it. And I think most most Americans are, are doing the same.
0: OK, interesting. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, the New Republic conducted a survey uh, with Poland from Hart Research Associates to better understand why most people believe the American government is failing, and, mm-hmm. uh, and uncovered some interesting results.
1: Let's start with the recent comments of saving the new liberal order. There was a lot of comments made by Joe Biden and one of his deputies talking about, "Oh, the American public must suffer the high energy prices to preserve the new liberal." world order. Think about that. So that right there, Malcolm, says what your current government is doing. They don't care about what is happening to you or your family. Remember, most people are coming out of COVID. A lot of folks had to live with a lockdown. The entire nation suffered from the lockdown. So that meant people had to use limited resources to get through and survive. Now you're on the other end of the, of the COVID uh, lockdowns. And now we're going into literally an economic recession. Uh, (laughs) I think one of the big banks just forecast 0% growth Mm -hmm. for GDP, 0%. Uh, And that's on a negative growth uh, quarter last, last quarter. So what we see here, Malcolm, is a government which is completely committed not to the benefit of the American people to help them survive and get through, they dump money in the economy to further, you know, create inflation. These things are all being done for purposes of politics and political goals, not to protect uh, the constitutional uh, objectives of essentially uh, uh, common good and common defense. That's what the government should be doing, and it's not. It's actually playing favorites. Uh, I think uh, it was significant this past week that uh, the Supreme Court struck down the EPA. Yeah, Uh, ability to regulate, quote unquote, so greenhouse gases, Mm -hmm. CO2, there's uh, (laughs) this is one of the things I have to remind people all the time. I've got a degree in environmental studies, CO2, carbon, uh, uh, carbon dioxide, uh, CO2, carbon dioxide, not monoxide. Monoxide is, is poisonous. Carbon dioxide is prevalent as a small percent of the atmospheric gases uh, we, every time we breathe, we put out CO2 and it, it is not hazardous, it's plant food. So the fact is, Malcolm, right, that the, right. the the left has made yeah. uh, CO2 a boogeyman, yeah. which requires quote unquote regulation. By that regulation, then if they can do that, they get control of energy. And by controlling energy, you've been able to take over another segment of the economy yeah. for purposes of the government to dictate who gets what? And again, that's a very dangerous thing. So Yeah,
0: you're exactly right with what you say. Listen, like a scientist all over our platform and people who talk about this from NASA on the platform sure. here, you're exactly right. Carbon is a necessity in life, period, right. and, and stop right there. If you look out right. your window and you see beautiful green everywhere. Well, thank God and praise God for carbon. Uh, right. And these people are using that as the argument to that the sky is indeed falling, we're screwed, and going to Rome overnight. So, I mean, it's 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 weird. It's weird. It's all I can yeah. say, yeah. Huh? Yeah.
1: But the point is that Malcolm, that yeah. they're doing all yeah. this yeah. for purposes of creating uh, fear.
0: Yeah, fear. Yeah.
1: And trying to then yeah. say the government will help you, help us help you by yeah. allowing yeah. us to regulate. By the way, uh, did you know that the World Economic Forum came up with a personal carbon tracker that they want you to put on your phone? So it's unbelievable. You- it's and, unbelievable. So, and so you and know, I both know it's not about trying to help you, it's about trying to track you and control that's you. And that's what it is. Yeah. And so the base. left. The left remains focused on control. They've never given up on that. And and so all these activities which should be, uh, all the power the government has, should be focused on benefiting the American people and their prosperity is literally being used to do the opposite, so. All right, now let me
0: let me touch a, a minute here on violence and crime, and law and sure. order, still pulling in the, uh, where we started the sixth committee, uh, Politico sent a piece, uh, uh, I got in my email on Friday, I, I, I always find their pieces highly entertaining, and, and, and love what Politico puts out, because it's such garbage, there's such a pile yeah. of it there, uh, that it's, it's beautiful fodder for on-ear commentary, you understand? And so one of the things that you said here is the testimony this week that former President Donald Trump knew some of his supporters were armed uh, and dangerous. (laughs) Yeah, when he told them to march on the Capitol, is still spinning heads in much of official Washington. Now that's a real statement that they put out in their newsletter that goes out to millions of people. You commented just moments ago about the fact you looked around, it wasn't a damn thing, wasn't a, um, a gun or the AR-15 or anything else or a butcher close right. by. So what do you say, because you know, here's a statement they put out, what do you make of that with political just for, I mean, so why is everybody's head spinning in Washington because of that and that they, where's that coming from?
1: So this is coming from, again, the continued effort of uh, Nancy Pelosi and people like Liz Cheney who are trying their darndest to justify this whole facade uh, of of justice called the 6th January Committee and to make Trump unelectable. So if you look at the recent comments about him jumping, uh, pushing the... The Secret Service guys and grabbing the wheel. Right, right, Malcolm. That's all designed to create a perception The President he's, he's a madman. Yeah.
0: He's a madman. He's out of control, Tony. You
1: know? And this same with the the, the weapons thing now. Now, I, again, I was there. I was actually I notified since I worked for law enforcement. I'm still a member of law enforcement, in Virginia. Yeah. yeah. I notified uh, my supervisor, Dave Sh- Sheriff Dave Decatur, who I work for as his own security advisor. Uh, I'll give you a little secret. I actually notified the NYPD, the the NYPD counterterrorism folks, just in case. Like, hey, I'm going to be down here. Let me know if anything comes up. You guys want to have any questions on. So a number of us were there as neutral parties to observe. Mm -hmm. And so I would have instantly recognized ARs. And this whole thing that the president, oh, he told them to to not take the ARs, but take the magazines. Complete science fiction it never happened the secret service would have been the first ones to stop any nonsense like that and oh by the way malcolm you go into the into the dc with an ar you are arrested on the spot Young and more. those things you can't hide so again it's all a fiction design to just continue to try to build this narrative that Trump is a madman. And, and, and the that's biggest danger in all
0: this is a lot of people eat this stuff for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, Tony. Oh, yeah. I mean, they really believe this stuff. And that's why I point out this kind of stuff that's in these political sort of things. All right, so they, they size it up this way, Tony. It's probably time to stop pretending violence is an aberration in our political squeal or that Trump is a one-off. So they had this whole piece on uh, law and order, violence that were out of control uh what's your thoughts on that sort of commentary
1: well again look there's some of what you just said is like uh faux violence like going and filming look if 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 filming violence was violence all of hollywood would be in jail think about that i mean all the different action heroes all the worshiping of guns uh it's 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 all trying to create the perception that the right is out of control Look, all real violence I see perpetrated on a daily basis comes from the left or from left-controlled political uh, locations. Uh, For example, Chicago is probably the most violent place in the United States with, uh, what is it, I think on average, uh, five to six murders per weekend with another three times that being shot, probably about 15, 20, 30 people being shot that's violence. And it's all political, because Mayor Lightfoot does nothing to stop it. that That's something they seek. So I'm sorry, when they start talking about people doing movies, you know, as much as I think it's inappropriate, I would never, you know, if I ever run for office, I don't think I'm ever going to do a video of me crashing into someone's house, hunting, hunting other politicians. I don't think that's, I don't think that's smart. But that's, That's Hollywood. That's not real. Nobody's doing that.
0: Quinnipiac uh, University National Poll. Okay, so listen Mm -hmm. to this. Uh, With the House Select Committee examining the attack on the U.S. Capitol on January 6th, Americans. So here are the numbers now. 64 percent think the January 6th attack on the Capitol was planned. They say the attack was planned rather than spontaneous. Uh, and according to this Quinnipiac uh, poll here of adults, uh, Democrats, 84, eighty-four thirteen, and then percent that the attack was planned. Republicans are divided. Forty nine percent say it was planned. Forty six percent say it was spontaneous. What do you think of those numbers and the, the again, the disparity there?
1: Sixth January was planned. It just was planned by the left. The, you know, Nancy Pelosi yeah. and all the folks on the left, yeah. uh, I think, did actually want to have those incursions. Any rational person needs to go back and watch the films of the U S Capitol police opening the barriers. Malcolm, I've been there. I spent a lot of time on the Capitol. That never happens. You never have police officers in the Capitol opening up, reducing uh, their security zones. It never happens. So the moment that happened where you had members Mm -hmm. of the Capitol police collapsing their own barriers, that has to tell you something. So uh, I, I think it was planned. It's not planned by the way that the left interesting. Is yeah. It, well, people. it's not
0: like our security was that weak around the Capitol on a right. day basis that anybody around the world would look at it and say, Oh, what the hell? We're going to visit the Capitol. And we'll ransack the place. Right. Uh, I mean, clearly, there's a high level of security there. It's not a place you're going to be able to just do what happens. So obviously, there's a lot of pushback on the invitation to come in, calling back, calling down the Capitol Police, not accepting the president's uh, 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 security in in the forces that he had available. Right. Uh, You know, all of that is a real measurement of evidence. Very clearly, they don't want to talk about very much. All right. Bringing this to a head now. Uh, Americans were asked whether they were more or less likely to vote for a political candidate for office who says they believe the 2020 presidential election was stolen from Donald Trump. 15% of Americans say they are more likely to vote for the candidate. 45% said they are less likely to vote for the candidate and 35% say it makes no difference. 35% 35% of Republicans say they are more likely to vote for the candidate. 17% say they are less likely to vote for the candidate. 44% said it makes no difference. Does Trump run again? And how does this fit in, do you think?
1: So I, I think he does. Um, <laughs> I, uh, so I, look, I, uh, I've said this before. Yeah, well, look, I've, I've actually, you know, I was advisor of the Trump 2020 campaign. And this is the thing I'm going to say here on your show. And, and I want everybody to understand this. You know, I am not the biggest fan of his uh, the way he does things. I mean, I think he antagonizes people. Now here, you know, here's the kettle pot, 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 the pot calling the kettle black. Uh, so I think he antagonizes people far too often. Just just saying, that, as if I never do. Uh, I love your honesty.
0: There, hold on. It's like, yeah, as if that, I never do, I'm I just saying. The listeners like, you know, who don't know, I mean, yeah, I know. Okay. It's like as if and I
1: never antagonize people. Brother Tony, saying,
0: one of the most sarcastic, beautiful
1: people on like yeah, social media. We I know. I know, I know. I'm just saying because <laughs> I. And by the way, uh, I, I get criticized for the same uh, stuff. It's Like you need to tone it down. So uh, it's not see. like it's not like I don't get criticized either. So it's like okay. Because, you know, I'm just saying, but as much as I think there's ways of, you know, and I'm working my best to like kind of pull my snarkiness back to, uh, I think if he could pull back a little bit of his, he'd be perfect because the policies are what I really signed up for. Here
0: we are 246 years in on our uh, beautiful experiment here in America here. Gallup poll did a survey. 38% of adults said they are extremely proud to be America is the lowest in Gallup's trend. Um, uh, so 38% said they're extremely proud to be an American. That's the lowest ever, Tony. Uh, toge- together with the 27% who are very proud, 65% of U.S. adults express pride in the nation. Another 22% said they're eh, moderately proud. 9% eh, just a smidgen and 4% not at all proud. So that 38% being the lowest number at all, uh, and, oh, and by the way, one of the caveat here, Republicans pride in being American has consistently outpaced Democrats and independents. You know, it's funny they say that. Because anytime I drive down a road or I'm with my kids or a son and we see houses with flags hanging out, a very patriotic, we know they're conservatives. We almost always know. It's kind of ironic. We never say to ourselves, oh, there's a liberal Marxist right there. We never say that to our. We know who they are based on their uh, their habitat. So these numbers kind of pan out in that way. But what about this uh, 38 percent extremely low to be an American here on this 246 year anniversary concerning at all to you or what?
1: Oh, it is because I think people have forgotten what it means to be American. It's not about uh, it's not about the hot dogs. It's not about Walmart. It's not about all the benefits of commercial society. And it's about the fact that we have an amazing experiment in representative democracy, which continues to work. You know, the thing you
0: always know with Tony Schaefer is you're getting the out loud truth, uh, like it or leave it. And always appreciate him uh, on board here. Uh, Up next now, we have Congressman Byron Donalds. And this is an extended interview that you do not want to miss. We cover some ground in here. Uh, Very, very cool to have this conversation next year. Also, in celebration of our independence, the entire month of July, I am happy to report to you that Immune Superboost from Healthy Cell is at, for our listeners, 50% off right now. In July, you have to use the code America50 uh, and you get the 50% off Immune Super Boost. Remember, now, this is the microgel. So it's not the pill form, it's the microgel. You can take it right out of the little package into your mouth or put it in water, for, uh, which is what I do with other pills and things you can take with it or what have you. But it's about the absorption into your body, is what we're talking about here, rather than pill form. That's the beauty of microgel. This Immune Super Boost, by the way, has a vitamin C vitamin D3, zinc, echinacea extract, elderberry extract. I mean, it is a powerful formula uh, for our immune system. Immune Super Boost America 50. That's the code to get that 50% off right now in the month of July for independence. We've never done a promotion like this before with them. So, and again, more information is back at healthycell.com forward slash out loud or the banner ads that are back at America Out Loud and our partnerships, of course. Uh, in addition to that, don't forget to take a look at the Genesis Fogger. You're hearing that all over the network right now as we make more and more people aware of this phenomenal product and everything that it is. There's a free ebook. Go get the ebook, educate yourself on all the benefits of HOCL, which goes into the fogger, disperses a dry mist, kills everything mold, pathogens, problems, SARS CoV 2. Uh, Influenza, Superbugs, you name it Uh, It's a terrific product It's a household item now Uh, You definitely want to have the Genesis Fogger Our listeners, again, 15% off that Fogger By the way, got to use the code OUTLOUD there to get that And again, that's back with our partnerships At AmericaOutloud.com You'll find all of that We'll take a quick pause right now here And we'll be up with Congressman Byron Donalds You're listening to Viewpoint This Sunday
1: The America Out Loud talk radio app is on Android or Apple. It's the perfect way to listen in to the new generation of talk shows and hosts who are ready to inform and inspire. It's summertime.
2: Ready for your vacation to the beach, the lake, or the mountains? But what about your accommodations? Ever wonder what germs were left behind by the previous guests? Kathy G. from Tulsa says the Genesis Fogger
0: gives her peace of mind and confidence when traveling. With Genesis... She knows that the air and surfaces in her vacation rental are free of bacteria and viruses left behind by the previous occupants. Visit GenesisFolger.com forward slash out loud to receive a
1: 15% discount on the Genesis Folger with promo code outloud. With Genesis, you'll be ready for what's next. You wouldn't go a day without brushing your teeth or washing your hands. What about washing your nose? I mean, your nose does filter the air you breathe. Air loaded with bacteria, viruses, and irritants. Make nasal hygiene part of your routine with Clear. No messy bottles to fill, no drowning sensation. Clear is a natural drug-free saline with the added benefit of xylitol, which blocks bacterial and viral adhesion. Available in stores and online at clear.com. That is is X-L-E-A-R.com.
2: How the spirit of American liberty and
0: justice is woven into the soul of America out loud. We invite you friends to invest some of your time with our magnificent family of experts, their minds and voices. It's all back at AmericaOutloud.com. Liberty and justice for all. As the Supreme Court session comes to an end, an incredibly super active session, the calendar has been just full of big, big decisions here. Let's jump into some of those stories right now, and uh, Congressman Byron Donalds joins us. Uh, uh, Donalds represents Florida's 19th congressional district. Uh, He serves as a member on the House Committee on Oversight and Reform, uh, the House Budget Committee and House Committee on Small Business. And many reference him as a rising superstar in the party, no doubt about it. He's certainly a conservative hero. Uh, Let's jump right in, uh, Congressman Donald. First of all, welcome to America Out Loud Talk Radio. Good to have you with us.
2: Oh, it's great to be with you and looking forward to the conversation.
0: Absolutely. So let's start with this big one here in the Supreme Court ruling uh, with the remain in Mexico policy. Now, they rule five to four. Do me a favor. As we open up here, let's forget the politics for the moment and the fact that the southern border is a war zone. Let's start with the fact and talk about the constitutionality of the remain in Mexico policy decision. Did they get it right or did they get it wrong, constitutional?
2: It was it's not essentially, you know, law passed by Congress, signed by the president. So, you know, looking at the way this court has made decisions throughout all of the cases that have been released, I think what the court primarily is trying to get back to is, uh, frankly, a more ironclad notion of rule of law and with respect to federalism and strict interpretation of, of law and statute. And so, you know, I think it's and that on those standings, I think probably the court is in good standing from a constitutional perspective. Whereas Congress is not specifically delineated state of Mexico policy; it's something that was negotiated by President Trump, which is good policy, but Congress hasn't like passed it; hasn't been signed into law. So you know, based upon that, it, it then it kind of reverts back to the standard of well, if one administration negotiates it another administration can ignore it. I'm not saying it's good, it's good policy, but constitutionally that's more consistent.
0: Yeah, no, that's good because you're right. I mean, policy is one thing, but the constitutionality where the court is another. And the fact you mentioned the the 10th Amendment is so important. We've been all over that on the network. Uh, And we do see some bright glimmers of the court coming back to that with states' rights and trying to put this federal overreach into check. But here's the thing on this Remain in Mexico policy. It's one one thought here on this now. All right, so you had here, you know, Chief Justice John Roberts. I mean, most conservatives believe he's very milquetoast. You never know where he's going, but... He's not been a conservative uh, hero at all. But then you had Brett Kavanaugh went uh, with the left side of the court on this particular decision. Yet Gorsuch and Barrett, and of course along with Thomas and Alito, went on the other side. Uh, so this, because this could have easily went the other way. Why, right. why, why do we get the? And this is always a mind stretch for a lot of people. How is it that you know they look at the Constitution? very much in the same light but how does a Kavanaugh go one I mean we know Roberts does this stuff but why would Kavanaugh go that way and Barrett and Gorsuch come the other way with Thomas and Alito any thoughts
2: um honestly I, I really don't know I think that's more just in just their viewpoint of the particular case at this point in time um and, you know to take a step back I will say I think it is healthy but also frustrating sometime with the quote unquote, Republican justices or the justices that are appointed by Republican presidents, that they're not just locked in on whatever the Republican position is. Um, They, in a lot of respects, take their viewpoints of the Constitution very seriously. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes that might differ from what Republican politics might want. Conversely, the Democrat members of the court, you know how they're going to rule before the rulings come out. They are lockstep with the Democrat agenda, regardless of what the Constitution says. Um, so I, I think, look, you had the same situation with the Obergefell ruling with respect to same-sex marriage. Uh, Justice Gorsuch went with the majority of the court on that one. And so I, I think that you know it's, there are times where you're going to have, quote-unquote, Republican justices mm-hmm. who will issue a ruling that might be frustrating. Like The thing about it is, is that I just want justices who are going to actually take a, a long, hard look at the Constitution and the rule of law. If I disagree with you on the finer points of your ruling or your logic, I can disagree with you on that. But if you're just going to be lockstep just for being lockstep, then I think that actually diminishes the role of the court, which has really been the problem with the Supreme Court for about a 100 years now.
0: It sure has. You you nailed it right there. That's the way many of us believe uh, the court has uh, deteriorated in prestige because of exactly what you say right there. I mean, we can debate policy all day long. You're right. From Democrat to Republican and, and as good Americans. And, and, and that's cool. That's cool. That's that's part of our process here. Uh, but uh, you know, let's at least keep the Constitution in the right light and and uh, and, and speak uh, accordingly on that basis. But they don't do it. They don't do it. So this is a classic case of that. Now, here's the thing to, on this southern border. Now, let's get into the policy and the uh, politics a little bit of it. So the Biden administration, uh, they contend that the in mexico program uh, exposes the asylum applicants, including mothers with children, to unsafe conditions. Now, I mean, they really have that as a talking point, if you can believe that. Now, here you have uh, you have what we had an agent that drowned, it, what just a short while back here, as I recall, that you didn't hear a lot of outrage from the media and the left on that. Now you just had this, what, 50 some odd people it's 53, I think at the last count, people died in this uh uh, this uh, the smuggling incident, right? And, and the truck kind of thing that was left in the heat. That's the biggest one in U.S. history. They're saying, where's the media? Will there be any media outrage on that? I haven't heard any yet. So how how, how is any of that safe conditions? And I mean, they, t- they say one thing, Congressman, but I mean, they're not really talking about unsafe conditions because if they would, they wouldn't have the border exposed this way, would they?
2: No, they wouldn't. I mean, look, let, let's be very clear. The policy and the implications of the policy are very clear. A wide open border that encourages human trafficking by the drug cartels is what's leading to the unsafe conditions for women and children and families, Um, you know, and young men. Let's just be honest. Everybody that that gets trafficked by the cartel is less safe. People need to understand, if you're going to talk about people coming from Guatemala or El Salvador or Honduras, that's a 2,000 mile trek where they are basically being run from bus to walking through desert land, being thrown in the back of a semi, being hauled by a train, all by the drug cartel. When people come to the southern border, they are often malnourished and dehydrated. If they cross our southern border and don't intercept uh, our, one of our border agents, what ends up happening is some of them die in the journey trying to get to San Antonio or Houston or another major city in the southern part of Texas or, or a major city in the southern part of Arizona. Um, we have ranchers who have found um, illegal, illegal immigrants dead on their property. So the, the, the journey is hellacious. The journey is inhumane. Uh, not to mention the fact that we also know that young girls are given Plan B and they're given birth control before they start this journey, because it's generally accepted that they are going to be raped on the journey of being trafficked by the drug cartels into the United States. So when the Democrats say, oh, people are fleeing because of unsafe conditions, I'm like, then you have no idea what you're talking about because the unsafe condition is the journey to, to our Southern border. And Joe Biden is complicit in all of this because if he had just kept the Trump policies in place, you wouldn't have about 3 million people now who have basically come to our southern border illegally. That's Those are the people that we know. The gotaways are roughly another million. So you have 4 million people in 18 months have come to our southern border all because Joe Biden became president of the United States and they knew he was gonna have the weakest interpretation of asylum in the history of the United States. The one thing I'll add to that, no other country in the world has an asylum protocol like we have right now in the United States. No other country does this. But the, the, the radical left thinks that mass illegal immigration, or excuse me, there's mass immigration with no checks and no balances is good for the United States. It's actually not good for our country because we're taking on far more people than we can actually manage. But then it's also bad for these people who have to go through these conditions and last but not least, people wonder why is so much fentanyl in our streets look no further than the southern border, because the drug cartel is using Joe Biden's terrible immigration policy as as creates more openings for them to traffic more fentanyl into the United States.
0: Yeah, we've been reporting on it, the opioids and, and all that are uh, flourishing all over the country on, you know, it, it's uh, sadder than sad, but there's nothing humanitarian about this very clearly. Uh, the shocker in all this is that these media outlets continue to go along with this whole uh, this guise here. Uh, What will it take, do you think? I mean, you you just laid out a few things there with the drugs and the cartels, the terrorist activity. And as you said a moment ago, it's only what we know. Imagine what we don't know, which is a whole lot, because this border is thousands of miles long. We can't possibly know what's going on when we have these sort of policies. So what is it? You know, I really often think of this. What's it going to take? Is it a a mass casualty terrorist event that's going to have to take place in our country or some other tragic moment uh, that they'll begin to have to take border security seriously? Is that what it's going to take, you think, Congressman?
2: Well, unfortunately, yes, and I think even more because, again, look at just what happened in San Antonio. And by the way, folks, this is not the first time that we've found multiple people dead in the back of these tractor trailers. This just happens to be the largest. That morning when that was reported, I was watching Morning Joe. Morning Joe was talking about January 6th committee, A block, B block, C block. They talked about this for about two minutes. They were like, man, something really needs to be done about this. And they went back to January 6th just so they can say they reported on it. But there wasn't wall-to-wall coverage there wasn't a constant request for comment from the president of the of the united states there was no talk about the humanitarian disaster that this is there was no talk about how these people were just basically you know packed in like sardines in the back of a tractor trailer how awful conditions that is none of this stuff has been talked about from the media and so unfortunately Um, If you want them to focus on this, and I'm just going to tell you they're not going to focus on this because the big media is so narrative driven right now that anything that takes away from their desired policy goals just doesn't get talked about at all or gets talked about in passing. They will not care about it. So what it's really going to take is a Republican president, and it's also going to take Congress, and this is important in the midterms, it's going to take Congress to reassert its budget authority. And make the administration have the proper implementation strategies at the southern border. That's the way you really get this done.
0: Yeah, no, I hear you. Uh, this other ruling with the Supreme Court, the EPA ruling, uh, this is quite interesting here. Again, this uh, many would consider this a victory here, but the Supreme Court dealt a, a pretty big blow to the EPA uh, in their power to regulate carbon emissions that, again, this is the center of this uh, climate change debate. This was a vote of six to three now. Uh, they don't have that power. Now, you tweeted about this. You said, it's without question that the EPA overstepped the authority given to them by Congress. Great ruling by the court. If we are serious about carbon emissions and a growing economy. It is time we re-embrace nuclear power in the United States. So uh, how big of a decision
2: was this one, you think? Listen, obviously, I know that there's, you know, the the Roe v. Wade decision by the court was massive. Mm -hmm. This is almost as big, folks. Like, this is a really big one. The reason why is, is that under Barack Obama, the EPA started taking on one of the most radical versions of the Clean Air Act to, quote, to beat climate change and to to help us get over our, our evils and take on climate change. They were basically just making their own policy where Congress never gave them the legal authority to do so. And there was no check from Congress and really what the business community, there's nothing they can do because they'll just get fined to death and it will kill their businesses. So what the court did today is it put the EPA back in the box and said, no, you cannot do these policies because Congress never gave you the authority major decision here. What it does for our energy matrix is it stops so many of our efficient energy producers from forcing them to convert to green energy and all this other stuff to stay in business. Like if you look at, gas prices in the United States and this is a little bit off of the Clean Air Act. But one of the reasons why gas prices are where they are because we've had so many refineries convert to biodiesel, biodiesel and biofuel refineries. So they're not putting out the amount of gasoline and diesel fuel they used to because the regulatory environment has been so 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 heavy, it's better for them to just convert to the stuff that the the radical left and the EPA has wanted, so with respect to American energy in the in the future, its affordability in the future, this is a massive ruling. This is going to have so many impacts in our economy. It's go, it's really a breath of fresh air for our energy producers. And I think what the court has signaled here is that if Congress wants to tackle quote unquote climate change, then Congress needs to do it. The alphabet soup agencies can't take previous law and just interpret it the way they want to achieve the the ends of the radical left. Massive. This is a massive ruling.
0: Yeah. And I'm so glad you put it in context, as you just did uh, in relation to the Roe v. Wade, because this won't get nearly the attention that the Roe v. Wade did, because this, again, doesn't help that radical agenda out, as you just point out. Uh, but it is big. And, you know, the government agencies that you point out, the alphabet, this is one of the biggest problems we have in D.C. is the bureaucracy of these agencies that are feeling empowered, uh, and they just run all over the Constitution. They run all over everything they can. Uh, right. And this this is classic of that congressman. So you're, you're right on with your analysis.
2: When I saw it um, Thursday morning, I was like, I was excited. That that one got me excited. I was like, oh no, you know, this is something because look, we're struggling in our country in, with our energy matrix now. Yeah, it's only going to get worse if the EPA can continue to bastardize, you know, federal law, which is basically what they've been doing uh, from the Obama years going forward. President Trump put a stop to all that, but you got to understand, in these agencies you know, when President Trump comes in and he's issuing these orders, these agencies would slow walk the orders. Sometimes they would ignore the orders. And then it's basically you have to dig, you have to like, you know, really be on top of them to get it through. You can't really fire federal employees. That's something else that has to change. So it was a real, it's been a real problem. And then when Joe Biden came in, the EPA and these agencies just went right back to doing what they used to do and they were going at warp speed. And so this is a major ruling from the court. And I'm going to tell you, just it can't just be, oh, the court did something. That's great. Let's move on. It's going to require Congress to really dig in and come up with a real with, with, with what, what are the guidelines of real energy policy in the United States and force the agencies to heal. Yeah. And if they won't heal, then we need to take their money from them until they do. Yeah, that's a great
0: point, you know, because energy is at the core right now of the economic demise we're having in the the country. You're exactly right. Uh, And, you know, between the energy, as you just say, uh, and immigration, God, those are two things Congress really, and it isn't going to happen in this Congress, obviously, but uh, you're optimistic about that in the next Congress, aren't
2: you? Um, I am. I, I think the next Congress is a little bit different than the last iterations of Republican Congresses that we've seen. I think what you still have in the Congress are the members who are part of the Tea Party wave back in 2010 and 2012. Then you have a bunch of new members coming in who are essentially part of the the America First wave under President Trump. Mm -hmm. And then the last part of this is, you know, Donald Trump's rights, he's still there. He still makes his opinions known. And I think that you have a lot of members of Congress who don't, Frankly, don't want to be on the wrong side of Donald Trump, and then there's another individual who's making his opinions known, and that's America's Governor Ron DeSantis, and he's not shy about saying what he thinks. So it's a very different climate for Republican members of Congress. It used to be that presidents and former presidents, they would just leave, you know, they would leave office, and you would never hear from them again, and exactly new regime take on. But our issues are so massive if you've been involved in politics, in politics, if you've had any sort of mantle, you just can't leave the, the the theater. Like you have to engage consistently. President Trump, he engages consistently. And I mean, we have some, we have members who are people who are running for Congress right now that are going to help us take that, take back this majority. I mean, they're not wallflowers. They're not just going to go, they're not coming in to be backbenchers and just do what leadership tells them. And you know, nod their head and go eat a steak mm-hmm. dinner. I mean, they're coming to do work, um, serve for a while and go home. All right. Let's,
0: let's segue to Trump now and the January 6th committee. All right. So Congressman Fred Keller uh, just about a couple of days ago said, imagine if Democrats were as obsessed with addressing the Southern border crisis as they are with Donald Trump. And of course, he was referencing the committee, which has been called a circus as well here. all right, so. Let me just ask you straight out, because I haven't talked to you about this issue here. This, to most Americans, I mean many Americans, is a war against a former president. We haven't seen this before, really, when a president has left office, where they, they still become that target. But Trump is a threat to the system. He's a threat to this establishment system, or whatever you want to call them again. Uh, and there is a war that's been ongoing for his entire administration over that four years, plus the campaign, plus today. So this whole committee, uh, Congressman Donald, uh, should this be instead labeled as a trial against former President Donald Trump? Isn't this about just get Trump or is there something else that we're missing here that this committee is about?
2: Oh, no, you're not missing the thing. This is all about getting Trump. Let's just be honest. That's what this is about. Every January 6th committee hearing has been solely focused on Donald Trump. What did he say? Who did he talk to? When did he do it? They're not talking anything about the actual breaches. What they're not talking about, and this is important, especially in light of the testimony from uh, uh, Miss, I think it's Hutchinson is her last name, Hutchinson or Thompson, whatever her last name is, doesn't really matter. In light of her testimony about how there were concerns about uh, threats of violence at the Capitol, What the January 6th committee did not tell the American people is that on the oversight committee where I sit last year, we had um, Mr. Ray, who was the head of FBI at the time, testified under oath in the oversight committee that his office sent, sent several intel reports to the Capitol Police about potential violence at the U.S. Capitol on January 6th. So there were intel reports that came from FBI. That went to the Capitol police. The Capitol police are not asked about these intel reports and what they did with them. Nancy Pelosi's not active, asked about these intel reports and what they did with them. The January 6th committee still hasn't told the American people that Donald Trump authorized National Guard troops mm-hmm. on January 4th. That's not hearsay. That is direct testimony from Mr. Miller, who was the acting head of DOD during January 4th, January 6th. He testified in oversight last year. That on January 4th, Donald Trump authorized National Guard troops to be at the Capitol. So if you were to talk about the insurrection, don't you think those two key points are crystal clear? Because in any real court of law, once the defense attorney presents the fact that the defendant actually authorized more law enforcement to be there, and that and the fact that under the under the, the defendant's administration, the intel reports were actually sent to the place where the quote unquote crime occurred, don't you think that would actually absolve the defendant of this conspiracy that the prosecution is trying to um, convict him of in a, in a court of public opinion? Of course it would. But this is why Nancy Pelosi did not want Jim Jordan and Jim Banks on that committee. Mm-hmm. This is why they did not want Troy Nell's, who has been a sheriff in Texas, for 25 years before he came to Congress. This is why they didn't want him on that committee because they would have brought the facts to make the Democrats uh, a soap opera drama put together by Hollywood look absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. This is why Nancy Pelosi still does not want to be questioned about January 6th. This is a show trial. This is a show hearing. This is really the third impeachment of Donald Trump now. It's a, it's this is it's impeachment a, number three. Mm-hmm. And what they really want to do is have it be so difficult for him to run for president in 2024, yeah. because the Democrats understand one thing about Donald Trump. Look, I know Donald Trump. Donald Trump is aggressive. He is direct. He can be rough. He can be tough. But the one thing I know about Donald Trump is he's committed to unwinding the radical left agenda more than any Republican I've ever seen. He's committed to that. And he has the bully pulpit where he can take conservative policies and wrap them in populism and actually get the American people to rally around that stuff. That is a direct threat to the radical left. That's why they are so committed to getting Donald Trump. That is why there are no Republicans on this committee. Liz Cheney, she's done anyway. She's about to lose her seat. Adam is not running for office anymore. He's done. So look, unless he decides to come back as a Democrat, that's fine, I guess, but they're done. There are no Republicans on this committee. And so they are out to get this man because he is the clear and present danger to their crazy agenda that, frankly, even the people in San Francisco now don't even want, that they've gotten a full taste of what the radical left is really about. That's what's happening on this committee, and it's a tragedy for the country. The last thing I'll say on January 6th, there's a reason why the prosecution is not left alone with the jury by themselves, Mm -hmm. because if the prosecutor just gets to paint their picture, without any rebuttal, without a chance to present any evidence, without any ability to cross e- examine, and you're just left with the jury pool, you could have every jury coming out thinking somebody's guilty. That's why we have defense attorneys in our in our system of justice. The Democrats do not want a fair system of justice. What they want is a political prosecution of Donald Trump.
0: Man, you are fired up on this one. And, and I knew you were, I knew you had been, but you're you you you're speaking right from your heart here. I mean, you are definitely fired up. Uh, two, two quick points, I, if you could clear up. The, the Capitol Police, back to the 6th, and your, your perfect point right there about him wanting more law enforcement, that definitely is a problem for them, which is why they're not talking about that. But, but weren't the, weren't the Capitol Police called it down, weren't they? I mean, you're really, it's more than just even reinforcements. I understood there was even orders from Pelosi to back down, call down. And wasn't the other, that's one point. It wasn't the other one. I hear many reports about, you know, there was absolute security at the Capitol, but they were, there's a lot of talk and a lot of videos about them being let in and that multi-ton door being open.
2: Can you speak about those two issues? Well, let me talk to the latter one first. I don't have enough information on the latter to talk about it. Okay. I've heard the theories, yeah. but until you have Capitol Police testify under oath to the actual security framework that day, mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's appropriate to make that assertion of that people they, they let people in. I don't know for sure. I don't want to say it until we actually get some real evidence to that effect. What I can say is that the Capitol Police did not even have, most of their officers on duty on January 6th. The Capitol Police reports directly to Nancy Pelosi. And so there was was a question made, I think, in one of the first or second hearings from the January 6th committee, the assertion was, is that Donald Trump didn't act to secure the, the Capitol building, but folks, The security of the Capitol building is not the responsibility of the president of the United States. Mm. It's the responsibility of the Speaker of the House. The reason why that is, is because of separation of powers. There are two different branches of government. The president does not have legal authority to secure the Capitol building. Only the Speaker of the House does. And so most people don't know this because it never gets talked about on any of these pseudo news channels. And this is why Donald Trump has always called them fake news because of stuff like this. But that that stuff's never talked about. So when you have intel reports going to Capitol Police, you mean to tell me that Nancy Pelosi, who runs the House of Representatives with an iron fist, doesn't has no idea about intel reports of threats against the Capitol. You mean she doesn't know? I don't believe that for a second. When they talk to her about capital security and they have less officers on duty than they typically do, you mean she doesn't know? I don't believe that for a second. I'm, I'm not into the grand conspiracies. I think that what happened on January 6th was a tragedy for the country. I think that if there are any groups that actually legitimately conspired to attack the Capitol, they have to be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. That has always been my position. But to sit here and say that Donald Trump basically led a conspiracy for a coup that the data does not support that the facts do not support that not one iota the january 6th committee knows that that's why they run this young staffer who works for mark meadows out there as opposed to talking to the secret service who were with donald trump every single day that is why you do stuff like that and the last thing i'll say about this on january 5th there is a letter from muriel bowser the, the mayor of Washington, D.C., who writes it to DOD about the National Guard troops and basically informs them, um, I don't want the National Guard in riot gear. I don't want the National Guard to have weapons. I want to put the National Guard on traffic duty. So here's the picture everybody mm. needs to understand. Wow. On January 6th in Washington, D.C., there was no traffic in Washington, D.C. Washington, D.C. is one of the most high traffic cities in the country. There was no traffic in Washington, D.C. on January 6th. The reason why is because of Mariel Bowser's crazy COVID-19 lockdowns. Nobody was even driving into Washington, D.C. So she put the National Guard troops on traffic duty. Everybody wants to know why, oh, it took 187 minutes for the National Guard to arrive at the Capitol. The better question is, how come they arrived so fast at the Capitol? The reason why is, because they were actually in Washington, D.C., because they had been authorized by Donald Trump, but Nancy Pelosi didn't want them at the Capitol, and Muriel Bowser did not want them in riot gear with their weaponry. So the National Guard troops that were actually in D.C. that day had to go to the armory to get their equipment to then be redeployed to the U.S. Capitol. When we asked the Army, I mean, the, the agency over National Guard, I asked them under oath. What's the fastest deployment for the National Guard up until January 6th? They say it's typically two to three days is the fastest deployment. So my follow up question was on January 6th, was this the fastest deployment of the National Guard in U.S. history? They said without question, yes. Wow. And the only reason why that occurred is because National Guard was already in Washington, D.C., but they weren't at the Capitol. And the reason why they were at Washington, D.C. is because Donald Trump authorized them to be there.
0: Let's bring this right to a head now, and I want to ask you right off: biggest concerns to America, uh, Congressman Donald, Let's—we have the midterm elections. We're in this heated year. Lots going to happen you got the economy, you've got the immigration border, you have the foreign policy. Now they're trying to put abortion at the top of this equation uh, to sort of uh, get uh, the, the left engaged, because uh, let's face it, economically, everybody is hurting, whether you're a Democrat, Republican or independent, these policies yep. are hurting you. There's no doubt about it. You're not hidden uh, just because of your political stripe doesn't hide you from the policies of this administration. So coming into a midterm election like this. What do you say? What, 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 to you is going to be the one, two, three issues? And and let me also throw on here. So before I let you go here, President Biden said, "Listen to this." On Thursday, he said, that, "And this is this is mind blowing." I don't know if you've seen this. He said he would support suspe- temporarily, of course, right, suspending the filibuster to codify Roe v. Wade into law. His comments were after the the Supreme Court's decision, of course, about, but he's willing to, he wants to go along with it, suspend the filibuster to codify Roe v. Wade. You know, they always want to change the rules of engagement when they don't get their way. They want to change the rules to break whatever they can to get their way. That is just like packing the court and all of that. What do you say about that as well as the election?
2: Well, let me speak specifically to what uh, Joe Biden said. Um, I don't know if he actually read the Supreme Court decision on Roe. Actually, I know he didn't read the Dobbs decision. So let's be very clear. I actually don't think Congress has the legal authority to uh, um, pass Roe by legislation. Because if you actually look at that decision, I think what the Supreme Court is really saying is this procedure Actually belongs in the hands of states, mm. not the federal government.
0: That's exactly what they so, said.
2: I don't think that Congress has the legal authority to do anything mm. about this. That's I'm just telling you. That's there's a lot of conversations about this right now that are not up for TV talk shows. There's a there is a there is a viral view that there is no legal authority for Congress to do much with respect to abortion, one way or the other. So maybe Joe Biden needs to consult some, you know, actual. Uh, so this so
0: statement he made about the filibuster to codify Roe v. Wade, it was, is this just election talk to, to get a rise? It's out of
2: people? All election talk. That don't mean nothing. I'm telling you right now, that's all election talk. I think if you're going to talk about the top three issues, it's, it's, it is the economy. It is inflation and it's immigrant and it's, uh and it's really immigration. And depending on where you are, it's, it's crime and, 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 and drug violence. Yeah, yeah. And I think those are your top three issues. I will tell you, though, the thing that concerns me most in the country is this, this tribalism driven by media and, frankly, driven by politicians who don't have plans or ideas that will actually help people. So you have to, they have to constantly foment rage. I'm, I'm just telling you, I think that the tribalism in the country is the thing that concerns me most. Because we're at this point where depending on who said it means whether it's truthful or whether it's a flat out lie. I mean, look, we got some people who flat out lie, you know, Adam Schiff, he's at the top of that list. But the reality is we have to get back to a point of understanding that you can have a policy disagreement from me, but we are still Americans. Amen. And and our country cannot be divided um, on such just harsh political grounds where we can't even function. As a country, because regardless of how you feel about abortion or tax policy or, or, or energy policy or how an economy should run, we all have to agree we're the best country in the world by far. Everybody's trying to come here. And if we can't keep this thing together, keep this republic, keep the experiment together, who suffers are our progeny. That's who suffers. Our future suffers. And our kids are not going to be able to recreate this experiment just on their own. So I think that's the biggest thing that concerns me overall.
0: Congressman Byron Donalds, you are an incredible voice uh, for the future of this nation. Thank you for joining us here on America Out Loud Talk Radio.
2: Absolutely. Anytime. It's great to be with you.
0: Thank you. brother. And let me take this opportunity to wish all of you happy Independence Day my fellow Americans, 246 years into this great, God-given American experiment. Wow, thank you for being on the mission here. It's time to get involved and get loud, America.